This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Life is made up of many gorgeous moments. Cherish them all, big and small, with Blue Nile. Whether it's for yourself or a loved one, Blue Nile's unrivaled selection of expertly crafted fine jewelry and statement pieces help make all your moments sparkle. Blue Nile's experts are on hand to guide you, and their diamond guarantee ensures you get the highest quality at the best price. Celebrate a life well-lived in the most radiant way and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by Mook Delivery, bringing you the food you love. Mook Delivery, like McKenna, brings a top-tier lineup. With Leaf Davis-esque delivery right to your door, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you win. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too, so that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only by app at participating restaurants. 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to a bonus edition of the Blue Monday podcast discussing a bumper week, a bumper week, gentlemen, of goings on at Portman Road. I'm Richard Woodward and joining me to navigate through the decisions, the news, the gossip, the acrimony um, are Joe Fares and Craig Fimbo. Gentlemen, how are you, Joe? Let's start with you, Joe. How are things? You right? Yeah, good. Yeah. Nice, quiet weekend. Ready to, ready to go again for the big week ahead of, big week, yeah. no doubt, more news coming out of Ipswich Town. Exactly right. Some transfer rumours, some scousers appointed to the coaching staff, perhaps. You know, that's a weekly <laughs> occurrence now. So, um, And talk to us about your shirt for those watching in black and white. That's a bright red shirt. Am I missing a logo there? It's, it's just a normal red. I think it's an American Eagle shirt. It's, it's not as bright as oh, it looks. Sorry, I was I expecting mean, it to be some kind of sporting apparel, but it's not. No, it's just a polo shirt I bought when I was in New York, went back in the days when we were allowed to leave the postcode. Oh, there you go. Well, talking of sporting apparel, sporting his, I would guess that's a 15-16 training top, Craig. How yeah, are I you? So. I'm all right. Thank you very much. Yes, good. Off I'm, the back uh, of, I mean, I should be handing over to you, frankly, to uh to do this now that you're an expert pro interviewer how was how was your chat with mark detmer last week Craig? yeah it was all right mate yeah and as we just said you know at least i remember to press record at the beginning of it which is, which is probably the most important thing i had to do and I, I i went for it you wouldn't believe how many times i went through it and you wouldn't believe how many times i said to mark detmer i'm good you've got to remind me i've got to press record once we finish chatting here for god's sake don't let me forget to press record so <laughs> no it's all good and you know if hopefully people have, have watched it and listened to it and now, as as you can expect, and as we know from the other two guys speaking, he's you know very nice guy and very clued up and excited for for what's hopefully gonna gonna happen over the next next year, two, three, ten, twelve, who knows? Twenty. Yeah, I thought it. I th- yeah, well, I thought it was. Um, um, I thought it was an excellent interview and good to first kind of. We didn't really explain too much about the kind of link up with Phil and, and TWTD. There's probably more of that to come. We probably just need to figure out what that looks like, but um, certainly from the perspective of the interviewees, it's much better to, you know, the the three lines guys have been speaking to X number of people and anything we can do to my life 
easy for them is always good and we've got access and phil's got access so it seems like a beneficial thing and obviously two marquee brands when it comes to icfc content so exactly right joe synergy um there you go business bs straight off the bat um <laughs> the plan i think um is to whistle stop tour through the news thank you everyone for your questions unbelievable man. probably more so than an actual match day weekend um yeah. so also hit us up on twitter um, and anywhere else that you interact with us and just give us some feedback on shows joe and i were in the green room before chatting about stuff and i mikey um kind of build the idea that we'll be doing shows kind of sporadically throughout the summer about big signings and kit reveals and pre-season matches and fixtures and so on um but if there's news to talk about and there's interest in us making a weekly appearance or maybe a fortnightly thing um let us know because we're always keen to chat um and if you're keen to listen to us then more synergies synergies let's jump into the news then and thursday is when um is when we'll have a bit of a debate and a bit of a yeah we'll continue maybe some of the twitter discussions that you know that erupted um in in, resu- in response to that um monday um unsurprising news but significant news in that luke chambers and Cole Scoose, um the re- their their release at the end of their contracts was confirmed by 35 years old 674 appearances between them um, both signed as free transfers, um, Chambers by Paul Jewell, who did a f- couple of good things. But in the interview with Chambers was quite interesting. I don't know if you picked up on that. I don't think necessarily the signings that followed Chambers were the ones he was led to believe that were, might be coming in. Yeah. So that might be interesting to drill into at some point in the future. Um, Cole Scoose signed by Mick, obviously, and, and Cole Scoose video was... Mick was on the phone every other day and all that kind of stuff. Um, but gentlemen, just a couple of brief words on both of these guys. Um, you know, we've been, I've been pretty consistent in, in particularly around Chambo, um, that just an excellent ambassador lead figurehead for the club. You know, he's not Roberto Carlos. He's, he's, uh, he's not Paolo Maldini um, in defense, but he's always been a kind of seven out of 10, always fit, never gets injured um, and loves the club. And these kind of players don't, they don't grow on trees, don't do they? So we're going to miss them, Craig, aren't we? It, 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 yeah. Lots of different reason, ways. It's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, well, I think I I was I think a bit different to you two in that I was of the opinion that they both needed to go, but you know, not because they were atrocious players or atrocious people, etc. I just thought if we're going to go with a new broom, we need to go with a new broom. However, what came out in spades in those both the interviews was just that they were just two solid solid blokes aren't they i know i know yeah. mick went on about it when he was here that he wanted proper blokes etc but they just came across as grown-ups play who play football you know and they responsible grown-ups who took on responsibility when it didn't need to as chambers said in his interview there were sort of gaps that he filled perhaps where he, he probably shouldn't have have had to have done but he did and i say it just it just came across certainly in skews one as well especially was just how sensible he was and you could see why both of them are held in such high regard within the dressing room and within the club you know excuse is talking about speaking to the, the the various ladies at the in the laundry room up at the training ground wasn't he and things like that and you can just tell that they're the sort of guys that they are they're just normal blokes who just happen to be half decent at football and have you know made it made a career out of it so i've got nothing but good wishes for both of them going forward um, but as I say, from my opinion, it was the right decision to make. How it was made and how it was communicated did sound a bit more. Idea, yeah, a bit yeah, yeah. And, and Joe, these these are two 
particularly Colescoos, um players who who are, who are not Ipswich born and bred, but appear to have taken the club and the area to to their hearts, which is also a great thing as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely something that came across in in spades in the interview there, and like I said, there's just a few interesting bits you pick out there, wasn't there, about how sort of the talk about Simon Milton, how he helped them settle in, and then. Milton's gone and I think the player liaison role is something that Dan Palfrey picks up alongside his PR side but you do sometimes think maybe that ex-footballer is the person that needs to speak to footballers because especially some some of the older ones are sort of like 28, 29 when they sign that do they need somebody who knows more what their life is going to be like where they're going to go out in town what what they're going to do how they need to live their lives and I say there was a, a story in the in the paper last week and it basically said that when we signed Luke Matheson, which was a deal that just went through on transfer deadline day, on his drive down there, Cole Skuse was on the phone to him for half an hour on his drive down there, just sort of talking him through training, where he needs to turn up, things like that. And it's like that's that seems a role that that maybe we need to find find effectively somebody to do that. And have are we are we looking straight at who should be doing that role? Like I say Luke Chambers and he still wants to carry on playing, but Cole Skuse is saying the same, but he hasn't played he hasn't been fit all season. Is do we need to try and get someone like Cole Skuse in the building as a as a sort of player liaison, someone on match day that can go around and walk around the lounges. We've had, let's say, Simon Milton do it in the past. Alan Lee has done it after him. Obviously Brian Hamilton is someone that's done it for a long time. But I say it, 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 it does seem that these roles, there's some perfect people there to potentially fill these roles. And if, mm. if we can get them there, maybe, maybe it's something we need to look at as a club. Especially that, that, sorry, that player liaison, welcoming people to the club and getting them settled and into a flat or arranging. There's going to be a few opportunities to be doing that this summer, isn't there as well? You know, it's not going to be one or two people <laughs> coming in the door. It's, it's, going to be a full, it's going to be a full-time job for somebody, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So ready-made... Um, appointees there but uh, we wish obviously Luke James Koskus and um, we'll come on to the release players in a second as well the best of luck with whatever lies ahead for, for those guys whether it's a playing continued to play or, or something else um, Freddie Sears um, James Wilson MAQs Tristan Nydam also released along with the players that we already knew about before Stephen Ward and so on um, were you surprised by Wilson and Nydam guys? Nydam's a strange one isn't it because he'd um Paul Cook had sort of played him in that game. He'd sort of come out of effusive praise for him, basically saying about how much character he's shown coming back from injury. And then out on the pitch, he sort of showed exactly the sort of thing he needed. And it sounded like from the under 23s games, from those that went there, he sort of was straight in their sort of main man straight away and playing really well wherever he was on the pitch. So that that surprised me. I, I wasn't as surprised by James Wilson because I, I think he's he's somebody that, sort of forced through his exit from Lincoln because he wasn't playing. I know that he had a big fallout with Lambert earlier in the season because he wasn't playing. So I don't think he's someone who's got the character that he's just going to sit around on the bench, happy to pick up his money. He's somebody that wants to play week in, week out. And I don't think that was what was the future was going to hold for him here. So I'm, I'm not overly surprised that he went. But and he's, and he's, he's been a decent 32, isn't he? He's, and he's missed a bit of the chunk of the season through injury. Mm. So, you know. Yeah. He's proved to be a good signing though. From Solid, yeah. Sort of. Definitely up to the expectations when he came into the club. Mm-hmm. Um, the terms have been offered to Guion Edwards um, and some of the under 23s, likes of Ben Morris, Bailey Clements, Levi Ando, Bert White, Tommy Hughes. Um, so, no announcements on those yet. Liam Gibbs, I think, is weighing up options. Um, 
but extensions have been triggered on um, Janai Danassian, Caden Jackson, Teddy Bishop, which I think is linked to appearances made, um, Toto Nsiala, Aaron Drynan, and Idris Elmazuni. Um, any surprises there, I guess? Hold lots of thoughts about the, how these guys might feature next season for when we get to Thursday, because we're only still on Monday. But um, were you surprised to see, I guess, I guess Jackson's someone that has a, has a value in the market, perhaps? Yeah. And Danassi maybe too, um, but maybe Hopefully Drinan. Maybe. Drinan is a weird one, isn't it? That's a strange one, I I think, to offer him new deal. But as Joe will probably say, no, he's a, he's a cheap option as a third, fourth choice striker, isn't he? In the day, at the end, you've got 20, 20 slots to fill, haven't you? You've got mm. twenty slots to fill and a certain budget to fill it with. If you're playing one striker up front, you know, crikey, we could be talking this. And tomorrow he's been sold to Waterford for <laughs> yeah. two packets of crisps and a white Guinness. Um, but you know, if you're going to play one person up front, you don't really want four first-choice strikers eating into your salary if you can have Aaron Drinnan earning, I don't know what, X, but it's going to be a fraction of what James Norwood's earning. And if you just need him, you know, if your first-choice striker is going to play 70% of the matches and your backup striker is going to play 30% plus coming on the sub, you don't need another two or three in the background eating into your wages. So maybe, maybe there's a you know, a thought into it uh, by that. Cause you're not going to get any, no one's going to buy him, I wouldn't have thought, for, uh, for any fee. The others, you might do. You might get to the end of August and end up paying them off. Um, so that's that bit of news. We're on to Tuesday now. Um, we had a chat with Mark Depper. That was good. We've already mentioned that. Um, the news on, the kind of the main news is the departure of Gerard Nash. He'd kind of been doing a combination of a first team analysis. Like when I just nominate one of my scouts or football manager to assess the opposition. I think he was and you doing ignore that. it. And I, yeah, it arrives in my inbox and I skip past. Yep. Yeah, <laughs> um, and also monitoring the progress of loan players um, who are out on loan as well. Um, and involving in the, uh, the coaching youngsters. Joe, I get, well, either of you guys, I'll start with Joe, but um, any thoughts on the departure of Gerard Nash? I think it was inevitable, really, from earlier in the season. Where he, he almost—it was almost a non-job, wasn't it? Where he, we were told he was going to be doing this first-team opposition analysis, and then they asked Paul Lambert about it, and he was like, "Don't know anything about it." Almost, and it's like, "Well, who's he doing this analysis for?" But it's just strange. He, he'd, he'd had success here. He'd been here a long time, and obviously a very good coach. Someone that Brian Clue rated highly. Had good success with the under-18s, was under-23s manager, sort of joint in charge of Chris Hogg when they won the league a couple of years ago. Obviously, those two teams have had success again this year. Very highly qualified. He's got his UEFA Pro licence, which is about as high as you can get as a coach. And But he's obviously not a not a fit for what Paul Cook wants. But you, you, you do find these people that get moved into these non-jobs when a man, the new manager comes in and thinks, well, what are you doing here? Because you're not, yeah. really, you're not really doing anything useful at the moment effectively so you're just a sitting duck really when it comes to any restructure yeah yeah i'm, yeah, I'm kind of thinking um what do you do well i i write um opposition analysis reports i oh, do you yeah what, are they any good well uh, no, i don't know no one's ready well, it, it was similar to like i know i know roy king got a lot of stick for getting rid of brian klug when he was he was manager here but brian klug had effectively gone with Jim and Jim to the first team as a joint manager, it seemed at one point, then assistant manager. And then he, him and Jim fell out. And I think Brian Kluge was like the skills coach managing a group of sort of six players between the first team and the reserve team. So he was another one that Keane comes in and says, who's this guy doing a non-job still getting paid as a first team assistant manager? 
and and got rid of him at that point. And that's almost a position Kluge found himself in this year. I'm um, sorry, Nash found himself in this year. It reminds me of the latter series of The Office when so Kathy Bates takes takes over Dunder Mifflin and I'm only and, in series three here, Rich. So. Oh, spoilers! I've done it again with Line of Duty. Apologies, oh, by the way, if I ruin Line of Duty, um, but there's a really I'll find there's a good bit, Joe, where um where um Michael and Jim have to justify themselves. It's quite an awkward moment. I'll I won't spoil that for you though by diving into that anymore. And apologies to anyone else who I've spoiled The Office for. Um, Bruce Willis is a ghost. Um, yeah, and <laughs> Kaiser Soze is Kevin Spacey. He's a ghost. Moving, yeah, yeah. Moving on. Um, the other thing I was going to say about Gerard Nash is that he's he's not a scouser. Um, someone who is a scouser, is, I think, is Francis Jeffers, um, who arrived for talks on Tuesday and has demonstrated in Corinthian form there in his Arsenal days. The ears are anatomically correct by the look of it. Um, Fox in the box. Um, and he's appointed as a first-team coach. A little bit of baggage here. He's confirmed on Wednesday. A lot of people unhappy with the kind of last few years where he got involved in some um, sending some menacing text messages during the breakdown of his his marriage and uh, and I think failed, uh, refused a, dr- a, a roadside um, breathalyzer test, I think. And when, got, his fiesta, a, when his fiesta hit a curb. Yeah, so I think a lot of people got, and the poor three lions getting added on Twitter about this one. So it's an interesting appointment. We obviously know Jeffers since from his loan move and four goals in seven appearances, was it? Um, nearly made it a permanent move and then kind of in typical Ipswich fashion, I think it broke down or something like that. But um, any opinions on Francis Jeffers or should I just move on? I, I, I personally think the um, off-field stuff is a bit of an issue when it's so recent. It doesn't strike you as being the best thing for what is a sort of family club and sort of some of the causes that the club deems to follow but the only the only thing I would say is at least he's got sort of five years coaching experience which I think is going to come in useful when you yeah, see Everton the, under 23s isn't it the other backroom team yeah so yeah like I say personally it doesn't sit overly well with me with regards to his recent history and I'd, I'd like to think that the club are aware of this and have sort of spoken to him and had proper not that there's any mitigation for it, but that he is on the right path from that point because otherwise it's just not ideal. Agree with that, Craig? Yeah, yeah. And you would you would think that even though it's not the 1st of June that Mark Ashton's all over these, you wouldn't wouldn't you think that he's, you know, rubber stamping all of these appointments, which as sort of Joe's alluding to, in terms of the experience of the backroom stuff, you know, we don't know. They may be fantastic and, you know, the work that they actually do, proof is in the pudding, we said it, a thousand times before um it may be fine but as things stand at the moment there's this gets pretty ex- inexperienced backroom staff which is sort of at odds with the structure side of things that mark ashton's starting to drip drip feed into place yeah we're well, talking about talking about that um this hasn't been confirmed yet. It's been reported in a few places. Um, former Bristol City Head of Sports Science, Andy Coston, is expected to be appointed to a similar role at Ipswich, um, obviously following Mark Ashton and Andy Rolls from Bristol City. I guess that, um, is, yeah, it's just a, a weird kind of, that you've got the top-down appointments, which appear to be just all from Bristol City, and the bottom-up <laughs> appointments from the coaching staff who are all from Merseyside. the Liverpool Merseyside area, which kind of will meet somewhere in between. So you do have you do have to hope that Mark Ashton is kind of signing these off, or Mike O'Leary perhaps in his absence. But upstairs, just, downstairs, mate, we're going to have like the, the posh guys at the top and then the working class guys underneath, sort of thing. So oh, I thought you. Chucks, I, chucks v nerds. I described it as. <laughs> 
I thought you were talking about the, the game show written and devised by David Brentway. Well, you I don't, get, Richard, I don't understand this. You get, you get, a, well, you get a clue <laughs> from downstairs. <laughs> that's, that's that's how you get. So I was talking as ever. I was talking about the early eighties. Uh, <laughs> oh well, drama speak, series. Speaking to the right guys here, then me and Joe, even with kids of the, we're born in the. Anyway, I'm not. I'm not going to go there. Ageism. Um, under 18s. So talking about talking about ageism. Um, blimey, these kids are, won't know even probably what the the British version of the office is either. Um, under 18s. Um, FA Youth Cup journey sadly ended um, on Wednesday um, in two one defeat. But certainly a lot to be proud of of that team. A lot of interest. The fact it was on BT Sport. Fantastic exposure. I thought, um, guys, that the team certainly for the first 60 minutes looked pretty organised, pretty good shape, as we'd seen in the previous round against Sheffield United, a fortuitous goal perhaps just on half time, but um, a, del- a, a great moment and a great celebration in front of the, in the kind of corner of the South Stand. And obviously, over time, Liverpool's quality was likely to tell. And um, is it Monsieur Laskowski and Frauendorf, um, two goals from them, and missing this, that. that equaliser was a bit fortuitous as well but joe um as kind of the academy expert or aficionado a really great endorsement for the work going on on in the academy and and a really you know a lot of pride of what they've done this season oh uh, yeah 100 percent. it's um you you could tell almost how well coached they were during this game they're just the shape that they were able to keep in that they were they switched between three at the back and four in the back sort of mid-game and sort of back and forth a couple of times and we just looked such a disciplined shape and bearing in mind sort of some of the stars that Liverpool have in their academy the the strikers sort of known in their fan base the Polish Messi and they sort of showed some of his highlights and I think Dyer mentioned in the pre-game they didn't want to show too many of his highlights because otherwise no one would have wanted to play him because he's he's that good but yeah I, I thought we put in a really good effort and it, like I say the goal was a bit fortuitous but that that was scored by players getting into good areas and yeah that's a right back full, isn't full it? pushing in yeah really good and i say just just the whole run from the start as well sort of to get from the first round to that point like i noted like i think liverpool the second or third in the northern league who beat us but fulham who we beat in the third round they won the southern league so they beat chelsea arsenal tottenham they were the league champions for the southern m um, Southern section, the under-18s, Premier League, the, the category 1-1. So they are a seriously good side that we came back from 2-0 down to beat earlier there. Going away to Middlesbrough, another category 1 side and beating them. Sheffield United at home, I know they're category 2 as well, but they're a top category 2 side and a pre- with Premier League money behind them as well. And it's just it's an, an unbelievable run. And I think it's... a I think it's a run that's been backed up by the league form as well this year. They've, they've, they've been a very good side sort of all, all through the leagues. Obviously, there's they've struggled over the last few league games because they've the fixture pileup has meant we've been playing under 16s and under 15s in those games. So anyone looking at the results might think we're not as good as we are. But if, if you were to see the teams that are going out in these games, you'd you'd realise that it's it's not that. But they're a great team. And from what I hear, the under 16s that are coming in next year are sort of probably the age group the club have been most excited about for a long time as well. And, well, two of those start. And I, I think that's where the difference is when you look at the... Our two strikers were sort of 15 and 16 years old and the two Liverpool centre-backs were just a, a different level of athleticism, physicality, quality. And that, that, that meant we struggled because those two could just sit back and deal with everything there. So you, 
you, we struggled to bring that extra man back in there, which allowed, I think Diary mentioned that, allowed them to overload because those two were just Rolls Royces of defenders at the back there. But no, a, a brilliant effort and some outstanding individual performances all the way through. But really, it was the team performance that was most impressive. I agree with that. And and um, real praise for Adamate as well. He's, he's clearly built a really good um, clearly coached them well, but it's a good team dynamic that it feels, you know, we talked about that after Sheffield United and, you know, those two Liverpool strikers, there's a good chance they might end up at, uh, on a, a championship club or maybe a top flight European club next season as well. So there's, that's the standard that those guys are up against. Well, um, one of them was signed from Hoffenheim, wasn't he, last year as well? Yeah. So the, this is an academy that scours the whole of Europe paying fees for the best players to to bring them in. And I'd say, Liam, that, Liam that's what you're up against. We've got Liam Gibbs from Bury St Edmunds, haven't we? That's good. That's yeah. Well, every everyone in there. There's a there's a couple of Irish boys in there, but everyone in there is local. Yeah. Coach Dibbs, which Chelmsford, Bishop Stortford, that sort of area. I was, uh, Craig, is this the, as as a club? Is this the thing that we we should be most proud of this season, including the first team? It, it has to be, hasn't it? Gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Um, and that's uh, what's what was nice from my perspective was that it was on BT and that the, the parents and the families get a chance to watch their boys play, you know, because as we know, watching on iFollow or an equivalent is, is terrible. You can't really see him, see a match. And they just got a bit of, at least they got a, a bit of um, promo, didn't they? They got, they got built up and, you know, I was there and the, the whole, just to be surrounded by it. And, you know, the, and the commentators were good, wouldn't they? They'd done yeah. a little bit of research and things like that. So that will be on the, the parents sky planners or whatever for forever and a day when it now i say just just because they couldn't be there it must have been awful in one respect but brilliant in another yeah one, yeah. one of the reporters had contacted me the day before so i was able to feed some nuggets of information there there you go that's, that's where, where a bit came from but I, I i just thought they actually respected the teams and the sort of positions there and actually commentated on the game as it is because a lot of times you watch you football and the commentary is just about the plight of the senior clubs with just some really obvious stuff said all the time but I thought the two commentators actually did a really good job of commentating on the game for once and I think they understood how we were trying to approach an opposition like Liverpool and a lot of the praise particularly in the first 60 minutes, which is kind of why I wrote it down, was the shape that we've talked about. They'd, they'd spotted that as well. They'd noticed that we were defending really well. Um, and, and yeah, I was I was really proud watching that. And, you know, the kids will have learned a lot about that. And, you know, having the BT cameraman running, coming up and down the line when they're taking throw-ins and all that kind of stuff. And it's just a shame the stadium wasn't, you know, full as it could have been for, for, for that kind of fixture. But... Um, Big congrats to the under-18s and to Adam Arte and to Jason Dizel. Um, we'll briefly mention that they sadly um, on Saturday lost in another semi-final in the in the playoffs um, in their professional development league two. Is it playoff game, Joe? And I think Wigan had, had won that. I, I, I'm not really sure of how that system works. So, so there's a nor- there's a Northern League in the Southern League, and the Northern winners place the second team in the Southern League at home, so and Wigan vice versa. Wigan. And then there's a final now between Wigan and I think it's Birmingham. I think they face in the final. But okay. with regards to semi-finals, we've got another one which will be Monday night for the under 23s in the the same game as what the Wigan game was. Effectively, we came second in the under-23 Southern League, so we faced Sheffield United in the Northern League, who were the Northern League winners at 7 o'clock on Monday night. And it'll probably be a, a number of the same players with their third semi-final in five days there. But I, I think we'll struggle a little bit because 
obviously our season has finished as a first team where we're playing Sheffield United, whose season is still ongoing. So everyone is still there. So a couple of the players who probably won't get on tonight might drop down and play for the under-23s tomorrow where all our senior players have gone. All our, I don't know who's fit, but your Jack Lancaster's, Armando Dobra's, obviously he's been on loan, but Idris Almazuni's, these guys, they've all finished for the season as well. So it is very much the the, the proper under-18s and under-23s as opposed to any of the sort of probably players who have played 18 games for them this season being able to drop down. So that's another semi-final. I don't know if Sheffield United are showing that, actually. I, I'd, I'd assume they would be, but we'll see. But that's Monday it's a shame night. We're not showing it, but yeah, keep, mm. we'll keep a look at it and we'll do a retweet of the Bloom on their account if, if we can get a link to that. Um, so just just to finish off the bits of news, I, I was going to come on to the, the, the Wigan game on, on Saturday. Um, we, we Ian, Friday, Ian Craney added to the coaching staff um, who had been involved with Paul Cook at but Wigan had been a kit man. He's a he's a coach. We don't know too much more about that. More more of the Scouse Mafia there. Um, season ticket packs arrived. Here we go. Very nice, you know, bump there. A new this the new chapter begins. It's going to be a game changer. Um, a few things, interesting things mentioned in there. Lots about fan engagement. Lots about. Um, stadium updates and match day experience, new IT infrastructure, guys. You know, we're going to get Windows 10, maybe. Um, <laughs> tidy up the cobbled stand frontages, some new branding features, improved PA and scoreboard operation will be investigated. Um, giant screens, possibly. Quicker concourse service, that would be good. Um, activities in the fan zone. A live match day preview show beamed around the stadium was being mooted. When I went to university in 2002-3, I went and watched Aston Villa, and they had a preview show beamed around the stadium in 2003. So we're only a few years behind the Premier League. I remember, yeah, 2003, I went to Highbury to watch Arsenal v Newcastle, and that was the the big screen there with a preview game beam and beamed around on it. We're catching up. But, they, but just just to quickly go on to that, Rich, um, Mark Detmer said that in the interview that he mentioned scoreboard. So I, I would imagine that would be one of the first things they look to try and do would be to squeeze a scoreboard. There's a couple, well, so, one empty sort of corner, isn't there? So what is that? What is that? Just an extra scoreboard, you mean? I think I'm, well, I no, think a big screen, yeah. Screen in, yeah. Okay, good, fine. And the only, place, the only place it can be is between the church churchmen's and the cobbled, isn't it, really? I won't be able to see that from my seat. No, yeah, you start well. writing your letter now, Joe. That's that's the reason why they haven't been done. That hasn't been done in the past, is because that's the only place it can be put, and it's going to upset Joe. people who are more likely to write letters than others. Yeah, <laughs> I can't. Um, so, so that's 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 the kind of news we'll talk about transfer rumours in a second. Um, but every, I think everything kind of centred and culminated around the, the stuff on Thursday when Stu and Andy at the EADT kind of dropped their demolition man bombshell article and i'll quote you this rather than um, it was an exclusive wasn't it rich was it an exclusive i think a proper exclusive um paul cook has told the vast majority of his remaining players they are not in his plans and can leave the club this summer we understand that includes many players who are under contract for extended periods such as homegrown youngsters flynn downs andre dizel luke wolfenden jack lancaster and armando dobra um, the list of players instructed to find new clubs also includes Teddy Bishop, despite the fact he triggered an extended stay in recent weeks, as well as left back Miles Kenlock, 
and keepers Thomas Holy and David Cornell. It's not thought the club will be looking to agree mutual terminations um, with any players, some of whom have several years um, with a blue seeking fee should, that, should any depart. They could also be used as make weights in order to secure incoming players. So I guess my initial take on this, and, and I'll come to Joe because it looked like Joe and I were kind of coming at different angles, different, different, tweets for different means on Thursday. Um, to me, I kind of re- read that. I'm, I'm not too surprised. And a subsequent article by Stuart Watson suggested that Paul Cook has got a history of quite a big, big amount of turnover on players. I kind of saw this as a little bit of a challenge to these players to, you know, he's had since March to gain an understanding of the characters, how they work in training, whether they're going to suit his style of play. And, some some of these players are not going to fit with that, and that is just a consequence of a new manager. And unfortunately, that's that's just happens in football. But I wonder whether some of these players, this is a call to arms to prove him wrong. And if they want to, then I'm sure they'll get the opportunity. If they're not, well, clearly maybe they've not got the right attitude. Um, but Joe, the flip side of that is that there's a lot of talent here. You know, there's there's people already queuing up for Andre Dizel. Flynn Downs, we know about the interest as well. Armando Dobras, perhaps an interesting one too. Um, and and your thought? Well, let me. I, I won't put words in your mouth. You you give me your take on this one. Um, for for me, it's just totally over the top, and I, I don't think it's what we what we need as a club. Sort of going in the in the short or long term. I know I know there's this popular opinion of the players are rubbish. We just need to get rid of all of them and start again. Well, it was only three months ago that we were saying how Paul Lambert was doing a terrible job, that he was not able to get the best out of the players, that he was effectively checked out of this job in the summer. The players aren't fit because of the conditioning that they went into. That only, the, only, some, only some people yeah. were saying he checked out, Joe. Okay, the, the players weren't fit because of the um, sort of conditioning that we'd sacked the fitness coach back in November and picked up a load of injuries from there. It seems that Paul Cook's come in and wanted to play this high-tempo, high-pressing system, which our players just simply weren't conditioned for. And at that stage of the season where we've had, what, nine midweek games in 10 weeks, you, you can't condition players at that point of the season. You can't start putting double sessions in because no club can do that. It's, it's too late. You've, you've just got to work with what you've had. And... While I appreciate some some of these young players and because they are mostly academy players talked about in the article, will need to go. There will need to be a change up. Like I say, I, th- I think like some, someone like Andre Dazelle, for example. I know he's someone that splits opinions. I, I think he had a few good games towards the end of the season. I thought him and Downs looked good together, and that was what we were talking about mostly last week about that. But I, I can understand that he might not be the right player for a Paul Cook system. So maybe we do need to look to try to move him on. But then Flynn Downs, for me, I just think, well, who are we going to get who's better than Flynn Downs? Who's got a higher ceiling than Flynn Downs? That if playing alongside a Flynn Downs that's gone for, that's gone for a Paul Cook preseason, that is flying and fit at the start of the season. Who have we got who potentially could be sold for how much he could be sold for? Luke Wolfenden last season was sort of one of our better players, a real breakthrough season for him. Playing alongside Luke Chambers, he just looked like he had it all. Sheffield United linked with him. Paul Lambert saying he could be a £10 million player. There's no way we're selling him. And then this season, he's he, he played... He looked like he tweaked his hamstring on the first day of the season and then had to play a Papa John's trophy game two days later, which he then got injured in. And after that, all he's done all season is play with Mark McGuinness. And it's... 
it's asking a lot for a 21-year-old defender, especially someone like Luke Wolfenden, who's maybe not your your vocal leader. He, he is a, very laid back. It's asking a lot of someone like him to be the senior partner to a guy who's never played first team football and he struggled this year and he he he's been the first to admit that he said that but if you're talking about we've been linked with Sonny Bradley today you stick Sonny Bradley 29 years old 200 games or 300 games in the football league 100 games in the championship captain Luton you stick him aside alongside Luke Wolfenden you've got a chance of getting a real player out of in there so I, I do think that a clear out is needed, but had we just let the options expire on everyone apart from Caden Jackson, for example, because I can I can see why you want to take his options, tell him because you can get two or three hundred k for him, fine. But Toto Enciala, Janoy Danassian, Teddy Bishop, we're trying to sign Guion Edwards. We'd be down to about fourteen senior players if you'd have, if you'd have just let that lot go, let the two keepers go. Maybe you you could get that squad down to ten players quite easily, and that ten players could include Kane, Vincent Young, Flynn Downs. Luke Wolfenden, Andre Dezel, a few others from there, and then build from that point. But it, it does feel like Cook's gone with the absolute nuclear option, which I, I worry that it's to protect him more than it is to protect Ipswich Town Football Club. He's he's doing it more for his reputation and his to salvage him than he is for the long-term interest of the football club with regards to transfer fees. Because Flynn Downs, what do we get... One and a half, two million it went up to last year for Crystal Palace. Well, what's that going to be this year? He's he's not had a good season. He's, he's spent a lot of it injured. He, it's like, are we, are we going to sell him for £800,000? Because if he if you sell him for £800,000, £900,000, and he goes to the championship and has a good season, he could be worth 10 times that. And that's not even an exaggeration. Luke Wolfenden, again, what are you going to get for him? A million quid. Again, five, ten times that if he has a good season championship. So I, I do think we need to be very careful with regards to the message Cooker sent out because I, I, I do think that you've got to ensure that you still get top um, top price of your players. But the, the way I envisage next season going was the players who have maybe not impressed this year but have, have shown over the last two years that they are good players at this level get a good pre-season behind them in Cook's system with his fitness coaches so they are ready to play his way and they're topped up by your championship league one all-stars, your people, the Sonny Bradleys, the Sam Morseys, the Martin Waghorns. <laughs> yeah, these sort of players, and, and they're in the squad, and you build a squad of 18, 20 players, which is real quality. But I don't know. I'd, like I say, we, we'll see where we are in August, but I'm, I'm a bit concerned with regards that we're going to sell some, of the, some, some players that in time would be worth serious money and have really high ceilings as players and then we replace them let's say you look at the Portsmouth team he had and it's a load of sort of 28 29 30 year old journeymen rather than players the first thing he did there was going to sell Jed Wallace who's gone on and had a good championship career and yeah you might get up but what's the long-term plan of getting hey everyone I've been on the go recently Phoenix Kansas City Chicago If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. 
Whether you want to protect yourself whilst online or just get access to more streaming content, NordVPN has the solution for you and are now in partnership with us here at Blue Monday. NordVPN can be your cyber bodyguard whilst you're browsing online, but it also allows you to access more streaming content from abroad like sporting events, box sets or films. With one click of a button, NordVPN can digitally transport you to the US, Australia or Amsterdam. For the price of an ITFC match programme each month, you can subscribe to NordVPN and have access to these great services. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, head to nordvpn.com slash bluemonday or click the link in the podcast description. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, so get yourself a great deal and support the podcast in the process. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like home comforts. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home advantage with McDelivery. You win. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus. Serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Craig, you've, you've obviously been listening intently to, to, to Joe's points there. It's, it's difficult to argue. You know, there's, there's some worry and concern about this kind of article. I guess my first question to you would be, do you, are you, you know, th- this is... This is not from the horse's mouth. This is not direct quotes. This is we understand, and and I think it's been well researched. You know, there's been a lot of Twitter chat about this kind of stuff for the last few weeks, which which this kind of situation is not a surprise. Um, uh, how do you navigate between my kind of take on it, which is to an extent in Cook we trust, but I also accept Joe's position that undervaluing these players and just shipping them out to make room for other players is a bit of a gamble and a bit of a risk and it actually puts a lot of pressure on Paul Cook and I think that was another point that Joe made yeah, on Twitter it, that hasn't been called out. How do you navigate between my position, Joe's position or, you know, your it own does, position? It, it does put pressure on him but at the end of the day, Cook is going to be judged on getting promotion and listening to um, the owners. They're pretty much wanting us to get promotion next season. If Paul Cook, having been in the job for two months coming up three months, wherever it happens to be, doesn't think he can get a tune out of these guys for whatever reason, then it's within his remit as manager of the club to, to do what he likes to, to get to the end game. Um, but we don't know. We Currently, we obviously, we know, sorry, it's been reported about what's been happening, what people have been told, and that they can, they can go, you know, find yourself a club. We don't know come the beginning of August, end of beginning of September, how many of these players will still be remaining. I've got I've got an inkling that, as Joe was saying about um, Wolfenden, for example, is we all know he's laid back. Is this a, is this as you were saying, Rich? Is this a kick up the backside? If we bring in someone like Bradley, who's left footed and has got the experience, it seems like an obvious um, option to have him play alongside Luke Wolfenden. Maybe that is the plan with him. We don't know. Dizel is never Andre Dizel. I voted for him as Player of the Year. I know Joe did as well. So I've, I've got no. Um, Dog in this race, I think, is the word I want to use. Dog, dog in this fight. fight. Dog in this fight, yeah. Um, but I, I don't think he fits into a Paul Cook squad and a Paul Cook formation. I said that, you know, when he sort of came in, he doesn't he doesn't fit into those two centre-sitting midfielders. He wants more energy. And I don't think how much pre-season you give Andre Dezel, how much you condition him, he's never going to be that more all-action type midfielder that Flynn Downs is. You know, you pretty much want two carbon copy Flynn Downs. Going on to Flynn Downs, and I was speaking to my mate Danny earlier about this. He raised a good point. Paul Cook obviously doesn't see something in Flynn Downs because 
Luke Chambers hasn't been playing for the last X amount of games and Stephen Ward's been captain and James Norwood's been captain. Flynn Downs hasn't been captain for these matches. So where it's obviously he has captained the first team beforehand, doesn't he? So what's the reason behind that? Um, just on that, someone someone did say that he just likes to make the most senior player captain. So that might that might be why. And if you look, it has been the most senior player when Norwood was captain. Oh, fair enough. But it's, but in but in terms of getting getting um, top dollar, that's what Mark Ashton's for. I know it sort of weakens our hand to a certain extent by saying we don't want these players. Thanks very much, and you know, come and come and get them if you like. But that's what Mark Ashton's here to do is to. Get the biggest get the biggest deals you can for them, and they're still not going to be cheap. I appreciate you know they probably won't be they won't be as much as they were. They'll have sell on clauses, etc. Um, but I'm of I'm of the mind that if 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 the manager thinks that this is what's required, then you've you've got to back him. And I mean I'm not going um, over the top. These are all these players are all rubbish, etc. These players probably don't fit in the system that this guy wants to play, and he is being judged on getting promotion next season. So. That's the way it is, unfortunately. Um, I'm so, in, in terms of the slightly older ones, Teddy Bishop and that. How long? How long? I don't know how long you wait for it to click with Teddy Bishop, for example. You know, I appreciate he's had his contract um, extension triggered, but crikey, I can't imagine there's many players who've had a contract extension on the back of what might happen, and everyone's hoping is going to happen the following season. You've got you've got yeah. to cut you've got to cut the cord eventually, haven't you? I think mm. that's one of the things that that Phil was saying, um, TWTD Phil was saying, is that we've been very poor of, of, of that as a club in taking tough decisions on those guys who are in that little little group of 20-year-old to 24-year-olds. And as a result, some of them aren't getting many games. You know, they're just sort of in stasis, you know, just treading water in the reserves or going up to air for a few games and things like that. You know, Tough decisions need to be made, and even tougher decisions need to be made when your squad size is being reduced and reduced. You've got twenty players next season. That's not an awful lot of players, is it? No, and I think the, I think the problem, I think for me sometimes is as much as the decisions being made. There's there's obviously a big difference between someone like Teddy Bishop at twenty five and Armando Dobra at nineteen twenty or whatever he is. But it it sounds like the and sort of I've been told this by a lot more than one person so not more than one a, a number of people effectively that the way these conversations were handled were effectively 30 45 second chats basically saying we don't want you find a new club instruct your agent to find a new club and to some of them it's even a case of even if you're here next year you won't be invited to pre-season you'll be you'll be going anyway so it's a case where some people say oh he might be putting a challenge down and obviously I don't know the contents of every conversation, but I've heard from two or three of them and it's, it's along the lines of basically you're not going to play for this club again while I'm here. So it's, it's not as, it's not as up in the air as I think some people might think it is. So gamesy. Yeah. And, and again, that doesn't sort of weaken your negotiating position. And also it's a case that someone like Teddy Bishop, who was, one of the players has been told that effectively is somebody who's been at the club since they're seven, eight years old. They're now 25. And that's the, I think you deserve a little bit more respect than that. If you've been, you've given 17, 18 years of your life to a club. Like people talk about as a club, we need to be ruthless. Well, you can be ruthless with the decision, but I don't think you need to deliver it in a way that is also effectively just, Shows a lack of respect. The ruthlessness yeah, we, uh, comes in the decision making, not in the manner of the decision being yeah. delivered. Yeah, 
Yeah, but but we don't we don't know what's happening behind the scenes in terms of day to day mm. training and things like that. And you know, it may be that and I'm I'm playing devil's advocate here. It may be that Paul Cook's not feeling that he's getting the respect he deserves as a manager with the performances within training, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, that he wants from from his team. And as a result, you know, this is this is the result of their actions for the last two or, two or three months. Mm. It's it's the 16th of May when we record this. It will be the 17th of May when it when it goes out and, and folk will listen to the route. So there's a lot of weeks of the season, of pre-season and off-season to happen. So we'll keep an eye on this one. It's a complex situation and I think there's... Well, sorry, Rich. Sorry, sorry, mate. What will be interesting is where these if these guys do leave, where they end up. Because we, mm. we get a sort of a bubble view of these guys, don't we? And, and we think we have a, a thought that they are... Sorry, mate, go on. Hold that thought. I think we've got a question on that. All right. Which is a perfect segue into questions given we're 45 minutes in. So I'm going to have to ask you to be disciplined. Discipline is what I want in your answers, if that's all right, guys. Um, Mark Beck, welcome back to Twitter, Mark. Hello, chaps. Hope you're all well. Whilst a wrecking ball may do little, uh, a little too much damage for some, um, could this allow a better path in the future for our younger players to progress and gain more first-team football, in particular the under-18s? Joe, thoughts on that one? Potentially, it's just um, it's, it's, if if Cook wants a smaller, streamlined squad of sort of like 18, 20 players, then you'd assume it doesn't take much of an injury. It doesn't take many injuries for him to have to start looking below that. But I don't think he's a manager. I've only had a brief look at it. Who's sort of particularly renowned for bringing through young players? He's he's one that generally yeah. has relied on and sort of older players, sort of. 29, 30, 31, sort of almost journeyman players. It's been the main main players he's relied on. And sort of going back to a previous point, I know I'm supposed to be being disciplined here, but um, <clears throat> when Stu posted the article about the, at Wigan, for example, where he, he said at Portsmouth and at Wigan, he um, basically overhauled the whole squad. There was five or six Wigan fans in the comments saying, this isn't what happened at Wigan. This is, this is not how it went there. And I think it turned out that out of the, 10 most used outfield players, seven of them were already at the club, effectively. So whilst he might have got rid of 22 players and brought in a load, it was it was the crux of what was already there that he used. So he's not a demolition man that goes around to every club, gets rid of everyone, brings everyone in and starts again. At Wigan, he very much went with what was there. Right. Those, those seven players obviously tried in training then. Yeah, but and and also he, he doesn't. He's not a big big guy in rotation. Those seven guys, but I think yeah. at, at the, they played like forty odd games each as well. At, so the ten outfielders all played like forty games out of, in sort of league and cup of the fifty five, fifty six games there. So it's uh, once you get in Fitness. the team, you stay in the team. Yeah, um, play yourself fit. Yeah, Craig, I'm going to merge two questions because Joe wasn't disciplined. Um, Glory Day's artwork and Bono. I'd like to Bono, you from the U2. Um, while I have no doubt that Dazo and Downs, etc., will succeed elsewhere, are they forever tainted by failure and negativity if they stay here? And Bono adds, with a huge summer of change, do you think our homegrown players have been given time to shine under Cook, or is the time right to move them on? Um, I, don't think, I don't think they'd be tainted by negativity. I think people see the players... For what they are, I think the guys that would have been tainted by it was were Chambers and and Skews. To be honest, I don't think people would associate Zell and and Downs with it. Um, sorry, what was this? What was um, Bono's question? It, have they been given time? Uh, the the homegrown players oh, yeah. been given time to shine? All right, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think they have. I think everyone. So I think everyone's been given. Yeah, I think everyone's been given ample opportunity to to show what they're capable of. You know, in the 
three or four days of training and the match two two match days a week. Um, and you know everyone's been given the chance. Everyone's been had plenty of um, plenty of minutes on the pitch. And I say it'd be interesting to see where these guys end up. That was going to be my point earlier. Is where where will they go? Dizel will go up a level. You'd assume down to go up a level. Bishop, I couldn't tell you. I couldn't tell you if he'll end up at Cambridge or he'll end up at bloody Stevenage or he'll end up at Crawley or end up at bloody Preston. Or I could not <laughs> tell you at all where he's going, up or down. No idea. It's just reserves at Colchester, isn't it? Um, moving on, professionalism and discipline. Um, HDRK Simon um, and Chris Rand kind of um, got in on the on the, this question. In your eyes, what signings would be a show of intent from the owners? Um, remembering Phoenix Rising had Drogba for a season. Um, I think we talked about the dressing room and um, and Chris says, I was going to ask similar, if money were no object, which one player would you like to sign? But be realistic, i.e. not Lionel Messi. Just to give you some list of some targets already, Jordan Rhodes, Sonny Brady, we talked about Conor McAlaney, is it? Um, Callum McConnelly, Benjamin Seagreese, goalkeeper. Macaulay Boone was linked earlier in the weekend, but I think... Phil at TWT has spawned cold water on that one as part of a swap deal. But realistic, marquee signing um, for the new owners. Craig, I'll start with you. Well, I I, I know it's not going to happen, but I'm, that was sort of the question. I'd like Nick Powell to play number 10 for us for a season in League One. He's, he's done it, hasn't he? Yeah, he's done it for Cook. I think he. someone said he'd won Player of the Year for Stoke. So it's highly yeah. unlikely, highly unlikely yeah. to happen. But... Stoke were terrible. Stoke were terrible, though. They were sort of towards the bottom of the league and struggling. Yeah, so that's that thing, sort. Yeah. Of, yeah, that sort of play. I think we just. I think this whole system is very reliant on those three guys that play behind the striker, isn't it? And if I'd, I'd be after um, every time we play. I know. I know we only get them to see them when they play against us. I'd be after Curtis from Portsmouth and Harness from Portsmouth. I think they're both two very good. Um, when you can keep them out the bars of Portsmouth they're both very good like a bit spiky and they've got a bit of character about them they're you know up and in, in your face I'd have those two I'd have Powell um there's only one Craig blimey chopping list Joe <laughs> <laughs> I've got 40 million pound mate <laughs> um well talk, talking about the um intent the sort of players on that side of it but like I say if you sign Sonny Bradley he's sort of 29 Luton captain and I, I play fantasy football with a Luton fan. I asked him about him and he just said, there's no way he'd sort of go to Ipswich. He's, if he's going, he'll be going to Hull or somewhere back up north because that's where his family are from. And I think Ben tweeted on to his championship followers basically about it. And the Luton fans are like saying, absolutely no way will he drop down a level. He's far too good for that level. And if you can pick up a 29-year-old centre-back, left-footed, captain in the league above, championship regular in his prime, then that is a massive show of intent. And I know it's not overly exciting and not the sort of players that's going to make you jump up off your seat. But also, there's talk to, today about sort of Sam Morsey, the, who was Cook's captain at Wigan, apparently Borough trying to trim their wage billies up there. And he was a regular for Middlesbrough. He's been a been a really good player at a number of levels for a long time. I think I watched him in a um, Johnson's paint trophy final a few years back, and he was really good that day. And it's um, he's a sort of Egyptian international. And so these, these players there, any, any player that sort of played regularly for a decent side in the championship, if you can get them to drop down, that is, that's shown real intent of where we are and what these new owners are doing with regards to signing any player. I, I know he's had his injury issues, but if you could get like Connor Wickham back as a striker to pull it all together, I think he'd be an unbelievable signing. I don't know 
what his status is at the moment and whether Chris thinks he's realistic. But I'd, I'd, I'd say someone like that would be sort of total top end of what we could get, but hopefully we'd be able to stay fit as well. Oh, terms, sorry, just, just, sorry, sorry, just a quick one. In terms of what, what Joe's saying there about um, sh- showing intent, it, you know, someone like Bradley might not get us off our seats, but internally within the footballing circles, it might just show that, oh, actually, if he's going there, I might fancy a bit of this myself sort of thing. I'll go and you know, enjoy the enjoy the ride in League One and get on the start of something that's that's building, um, you know, just for for other players to come and join him rather than, you know, for, to get the fans. You've got, you've got to get the fans on board, but you've also got to get other players to come and join these. It's all very well Cook saying it's going to be exciting. It's going to be a hell of an exciting um, off-season. We've still got to get these players in. I sometimes wonder whether that's why we triggered all these contracts is just in case we can't get all these players through the door. We've got a bit of um, backup. And ultimately, as big as, as much as the project is, it's going to come down to the brass tax of it, which is money, effectively. And we are going to have to pay the money that bottom end and middle range championship clubs are playing, paying if we want to attract these players that have interest from that level. Let me chuck in just a, some random League One, well, a League One target, Colby Bishop. Accrington, ex-Lemington FC. He's always seemingly a physical striker who scores against us. I mean, someone mentioned we... him to me today, actually, that he's someone we're looking at. But Oh, there you go. We'll I see. a name for dinner. Maybe that Frauendorf guy from Liverpool known as well. Um, moving on, because you guys are not being disciplined. Um, I'll have to have a chat with you off the Extend, extend the pod. Give the I'll people just, what they want. We'll keep going beyond the hour. Don't worry. We'll, we'll get through as many questions or, as we can. It's either that or a 45-second chat in Richard's office on Monday morning. Yeah, I'll, um, <laughs> yeah you're out. Um, no, you're not. Um, you guys get a five-year contract extension. Dave Diamond's got a, a he's got a light and infinite. He just he can stay as long I as thought, he wants. I thought you were just about to say Dave Diamond's tweeted a question. No, no. Dave Diamond doesn't tweet. He just tweets when he wants. He tweets when he wants. Um, Andy Andy Nicholson. I think we dealt with um, Cook's approach. I hope you appreciate the answers to that one. Jason, I'm going to quickly address with I, Jason. Um, very keen support of the pods. Um, so always like your feedback. Um, and interesting to get people's thoughts on this more generally. I know the Kings of Anglia guys have had maybe a little bit of stick about their association with um, gentleman grooming products. Um, Jason, I paid for Channel 4 with our adverts. Will there be a future opportunity of paying to avoid chicken takeaway or pubic hair shavers being promoted from my favourite pods? Um, so I, I guess what I would say is that, um, the platform that we are recording this on um, costs 170 pounds a year to run the headset i'm wearing is um, 30 quid the lighting rig that i've got over there it might not feel like it's good quality but that's 10 quid each and joe's got equipment and craig's got equipment and ben's got equipment and seb's got equipment and mikey's got equipment and dave supposedly he's got equipment he hasn't and, got a light though and so i i guess what this this sponsorship situation allows us to do as does the generous acast donation so thank you to those of you who've done that the super chat on youtube is allow us just to make the shows a little bit more seamless and a little bit more easy so i get that it's a little bit jarring to hear about stuff like this we'll review stuff in the summer obviously and we'd quite like to do have associations when it comes to sponsorship for local brands as well and the favorite chicken stuff those guys are based in ipswich it's a new outlet in ipswich which is why i think it's it's a little bit more reasonable but all feedback on that kind of stuff is welcome and we'll try to factor that as much as we can but it does help 
um, mean that we don't have to be putting our hands in our own pockets as much, which, you know, is always is always helpful. But I, I get that it's a bit of a double edged sword. Um, it doesn't so actually go towards it doesn't actually go towards Joe Fair's replica football shirt collection. That's a joke from Mikey. Yeah, to, to be clear, to be clear, legal disclaimer there. Um, Joe, you've mentioned this. Um, so I hope, Jason, that's that's fair. And to anyone else, I'm always happy to have conversations about this kind of stuff. And I haven't been disciplined either, so I'm moving myself on. Mullet, Wigan fans seem to reject that Cook was successful in his overhaul there. And what he actually did was take existing players and make them better as a core of their side. Is it now possible for him to do that here? And if so, with who? I guess I'll come back to you, Joe. And you, I guess your answer, your disciplined answer would be, well, he's possibly burned his bridges with some of those players that he might be able to do that with. I think my, my only concern is I don't think there was a single player that actually got better under his management at the end at the end of the season in the last 16 games. But I'd like to see, well, like I say, he's giving players a pre-season how getting them playing how he wants to play and getting them as fit as he wants them to be or fit in the style that he wants them to be. You'd you'd hope that it will be, like I say, your Luke Wolf doing, he can keep James Norwood fit. I don't, like I say, I think they're, they're the, probably the two that jump out the page at you. Nolan? If, Flynn, if Flynn Downs is here. John Nolan, like I say. Well, Where's he born? Where was he born though, Joe? Yeah, he's a scouser, isn't he? So we'll see, but <laughs> Yeah, but like I say, but I, I think you could... I think you could keep any of these players and put them in the right system next year. And if they've got good players around them and a more strenuous fitness sort of coach than Lambert, given them this season, that you'd expect them to be able to contribute and sort of compete for places in the squad. So like I say, we'll, we'll see come August the 7th or whenever the season starts. Very well. Um, Andrew, um, I have no question as it looks like others have raised the points, but I wanted to thank you all for the great content again. Thank you for your hard work. Thank you, Andrew. And thank you, everyone, for the questions, for all kinds of interactions, for subscribing, for donating, all of that kind of stuff. I know Mikey did that last week, but it's, uh, yeah, we, we really appreciate the support and we do this stuff for you guys. I think Andrew's got a pretty serious Biscoff addiction from what I can tell I from his Instagram. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Bisco- is that the... That's not the biscuit it's those, thingy. It's those posh, like, um, yeah, like those um, oblong-shaped, funny toffee-shaped flavoured biscuit things you get on the side of your cup of coffee when you go to... Be, to... to be clear, we have no sponsorship affiliation. Not yet. For Biscoff, but maybe. You never know. Um, Mark Ewing, I think we've dealt with that one. Pete Gerling, I think we've... Is it possible, um, Cook, how these alleged short brutal meetings, even with our better players, that you might want to keep as a form of buck your ideas up, reverse psychology? I think we've dealt with that. Joe thinks possibly not from what he's heard. Craig and I are hoping that maybe there is a little bit of that. Play. Yeah, we won't know. We Fair. won't know. Until, we won't know until July pre-season, will we? Really? And also, yeah, we won't. We won't know even if they, we won't, <laughs> which yeah. way they're intended. Yeah. They, it's sort of they'll almost I mean, be keep it all along. In, in hindsight, won't they? But. I'm a king of yeah, king of psychology. I meant to do that all along, and when Luke Wolfenden's still playing forty games next season, I told you I wanted you to stay. What are you doing, um, James? Coming there, yeah, Kirk has to come out sometime. Um, James, coming. It's a kind of a variation of the transfers question. I think we've had this a few times during the season as well. Um, Craig, which area as a whole? Um, goalkeeper, defence, midfield, attacking foot. Maybe it's the goalkeeper. Given what we've already talked about, uh, would you like to see the most money spent slash most new arrivals? It, to, to me, it's those three guys behind the striker. Okay. It's they 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 are the crux of Paul Cook's formation, aren't they? Really, they they everything is pretty much the whole system is based around those three guys creating and scoring and causing mayhem in the opposition half. 
and that number ten would you know if it's Nick Powell, I mean that's yeah, yeah. It, it needs to it needs to be someone better than Teddy Bishop. I think that's the issue Teddy Bishop's got. He, that's the only real position he can play in that formation, and he doesn't produce the goods enough to. Idris El Mazouni, get him in. There you go. Um, Craig, I'll get your thought. I, th- I think we've kind of possibly dealt with this, and there's a big build thread that's come off the back of this one. I think you might have been doing some research or some digging on this one from Super Friends. Um, a few fans, um, well, sympathy for Derby and their financial pred- predicament, but aren't we about to head down precisely the same road? Um, back by new owners spending money we can't s- sustainably generate. Um, are we, uh, if the f- rumors are a 40 million, this 40 million number, I think, needs some cold water poured in it a little bit. Um, could this be us in five years' time? I think we might need, to, we might need someone who's a little bit more expert on this but but have you got any thoughts already quick yeah well i say all we, all we can do at the moment is take these guys at their word can't we you know they're they're saying all the right things they're saying they're in it for the long haul um from what i can't remember if it was the um price of football pod or something i've heard somewhere else pension funds aren't in it for quick returns and you know quick returns on their investment yeah they are they are in it for the long term and i've heard from a source that we're talking years and not five years, 10 years, even longer than that. These guys, they're going into it with their eyes fully, fully wide open with expectations that they need to get into the championship. And then it's a bun fight to, to get into, get to the top. But the only way they're going to get to the top is by investing. Um, but, you know, we're talking 10, 20 years, you know, take it with a pinch of salt if you want to, but, I say all we can do at the moment is take these guys at their word that they're going into it with their eyes wide open. And I think they are. They're saying the right things. They're putting the right structure in place. They're putting the right people in place. I know super friends are saying that yeah, these these guys are obviously just Americans coming in a bit wet behind the ears. But they are, they are putting in. They've got Michael Leary in charge. He's been a, a Premier League CEO or chairman, whatever he was at, at West Brom. Mark Ashton, CEO of the year in the championship. These aren't guys who don't know English football. You know, They know it like the back of their hand. So this is... God, let's just enjoy the ride, shall we, for the next few years? Yeah, yeah. Sort, of, sort of going back to that as well. The um, sorry, sorry, Rich. The um, the only thing I'd say is that they've bought the club for forty million pounds, a League One club. The only way you are going to see any return on that investment is if that club gets to the Premier League. It's there's you're not going to make any money just getting to the championship with this club. So that has to be the the goal of the club. And we've heard sort of Burke Bakai saying that if people think we're going to be competing and in the Premier League in three to four years, they're dreaming. This is this is a longer-term plan. So they, they, they seem to have their eyes open with regards to it. And as Craig said, I think Mark Ashton was earning £600,000 a year at Bristol City. And we've, ha- we've, we've plucked him from there to drop down a division to League One. So we're obviously paying him. He's not going to have taken a 50% pay cut to come here. He is on he'll be earning serious money here. He is a, a serious chief exec, probably one of the highest paid in the league above, and he's dropped down to our league. And it's it's a case of that. And like I say, that, that, and with, with regards to the pension funds, pension funds are not like a few people's money. That They are just massive private finance vehicles now. And that um, if you were to take 100 million out of that pension fund, that would be the equivalent of me or you, dropping 5p when you're walking down the street these are these are 13 billion pound funds or say this is pocket change them at the moment and it will be for the foreseeable future really yeah we've got to hope that interests align and and continue that way and yeah and maybe there's more to be heard from some of the backers that we haven't spoken to yet and maybe we can make that happen as well um tractor boy down under my mate ben um 
he, he's we've talked about players coming and um, being um having contracts triggered um Jenai Danassi may have a part to play question mark and has kept him initially to have a look at him in preseason then move him on like many others thoughts on quick one on Jenai Danassian is he one of those players that feels what sounds better because he's not been at the club Waste, waste of time keeping him for me. I just don't see the point because we know exactly what he is and it's a solid fullback who's a good one-on-one defender who gets a nosebleed when he crosses the halfway line and, and we've seen what Paul Cook wants from his fullbacks and it's guys to bomb on and be sort of almost wiggers as opposed to fullbacks. So Genoida Nashian is not going to be able to play that role as long as I've got a hole in my backside. So there's no point keeping him. Greg? Disagree, agree. <laughs> um, There's well, your 35 not... seconds, by the way, Janai Dadassi. <laughs> Less, actually. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm sort of... Yeah, he, I don't, can't imagine he'll be here in August, but if he is, he'll, he'll be on the same long lines as Drinan in that he's your second, third choice. He can play all on the back four if you need him to in a pizza cup game in Gillingham in December or whatever. Um We'll do a couple more because a lot of these questions are similar. We've got a question from Mark about Simon Milton. I think we talked about that and he would he would suggest Chambers and Scoose to fill that void, which is, I think we'd agree with that. Um, FPL Tractor talking about the players. Um, oh, Thomas Ebling, what do you guys think is more important regarding our transfer policy going forward? Spending decent sums on quality players or bringing in players that the manager will trust to create an effective, hard work and efficient team? Quickly on that one manager's trust isn't it I guess if he, if he can't trust them he won't play them and if he doesn't play them then it's a waste of time so he's got to be able to trust him but I, I just hope that Ashton can bring forward what he's done at Bristol City with regards to his player trading where they do because Cook does seem to tend to favour older more experienced players where Ashton at Bristol City has pushed down a sort of inexperienced players with higher ceilings lines so but the, but getting the right but balance between the two there isn't it because we have not had so one of the things I'd say about this club and where I think the young players have been let down and and even your Chambers and Scoots have been let down is that all we all the players we've got in that sort of 25 to 30 range none of them have had a good season at any point in the last two or three years. And they should be the players that you absolutely hang your hat on to to drive the club forward. Your senior players help them out and your younger players are helped out by them. But we just have not had a good core of players in their prime. So that is something that Cook's got to address. And that's probably going to mean spending a good chunk of money, a good chunk of wages on players that may not have any resale value going forward. Yeah, and that, but that's what he's going to do. He's going to, get, he's going to get a core in, isn't he? That's going to be his core lieutenants they are going to be instead of being 35 36 they're going to be 28 29 30 and then hopefully he brings in the you know the the, the strata below the 22 year olds to play around them and you know they'll be the ones that be worth the money so a little bit of both i think we're going with a day dominance which is fine <laughs> um dan the quickie fellow on the basis that cook was always well has always overseen successfully radical overhauls of previous clubs although we've I've queried that a little bit with Wigan. What do you rate his chances of promotion next season at Ipswich? Mark out of 10, please, at this early stage, guys. Do I dare put you on the spot? I think I, think I will. Dan would be disappointed if I didn't. We out are getting 10. promoted. We are getting promoted next season. Oh, as 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 the bet receipt on my Skybet oh, account from this morning, about 10 o'clock, will at 10 to, 10 to 1 was the odds. I won't tell you how much I put on it, but I'm... Joe, have you a fair bit back? When the fun stops, stop. Well, we'll, we'll um, I, I think the difficulty for me is just seeing how how things come look how things look come August. If if he hasn't been able to 
get rid of a lot, get a lot in because the transfer market slowed down for whatever reason. You, and if Sunderland lose in the playoffs and they're still in this league with 60 million apparently to spend and Sheffield Wednesday find a buyer and attack the league, it, it, it's some big, big clubs in this league. And that's before you look at the sort of one of Oxford or Lincoln who's going to still be in this league next year. It's, it's going to be a bloody tough league next year. And we need to be at it from day, we need to be at it from day one. And fingers crossed, these guys move a lot quicker in the market than Marcus Evans did, which I admit shouldn't be difficult. But that come the start of pre-season, we've had ten out, ten in, and we are we are ready to go at that point, and we can have a good get a good pre-season behind us and just hit the ground running because this is not this is not going to be an easy league next year to get out of. No, so we've we've kind of squirmed our way out of that one, Dan. But we'll come back to you maybe. Joe didn't Friday. give you an answer. I just remember that, Dan. I gave you an answer. Joe didn't give you an answer. Was it did you give seven, me an seven, out seven out of ten? Did you give me a number out of 10, Craig? I said we're going up. What, 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 What's 10, in it? So 10, 10 out of 10. Well, if we get, if 10 is, well, hold on. Is, yeah, 10 out of 10, we're going up. Yes, I think we'll go up. I I'll, I'll, go, I'll go nearer to Joe. I'll go, I'm 7 out of 10 at the moment myself. Well, um, it's a no. It's, it's a yes or no answer. I know it's no, he said, he said 1 out of 10. What, are we going up or not? So, well, how likely are we to go I'm up? I'm just answering the question as it's read written. The, read Craig. the question properly, Craig. Are you suggesting that Dan can't write a question? No, I'm, what is the question? Is it, a, is it a yes or no? No, is a mark out of 10, please. For what? Likelihood? Rate his chance of promotion next season. Ten. Profe- so much for discipline. I've, this is Aaron, <laughs> Aaron 10. I've lost control. I'm, I'm going to let Craig host next time, um, now that he's best mates with Mark Detmer and... Um, did that interview with, with with very much professionalism and discipline because he was on to a time to a timetable <laughs> which, we, we, which I ever got an issue with now. Um, Will Airy, let's end on this one because I think it's a good teaser for what's to come up um, in the next few weeks. New shirt, squad numbers, fixture list. Which do you most look forward to, guys? Joe normally Mike. for me, normally for me, it's squad numbers because I, I I like to see what the manager's thinking with regards to the changes that are being made. Because you, you can tell, like last year, for example, Genoa Dinashi got moved from 2 to 12. So you could and, and nobody took the number 2 shirt initially. So you could see that he's not in the plans for the first thing. And in previous years, like Jack Lancaster and Teddy Bishop have gone from the sort of the 20s and 30s up to 14, 15. So you, you can get a view of who he sees as his first team at that point there. So, And I'm glad that Emmy Hughes isn't here any longer with that stupid number 44 ruining, <laughs> ruining things. So just... Give me a good solid one to twenty numbers, and I'm looking forward to seeing that. But also, this year with the Ed Sheeran shirt is going to be a massive seller. So I'm looking forward to getting my greasy mitts on that. Craig, what's what feels like Christmas morning for you when it comes to the new season? Yeah, so Joe gave two answers there. It was one answer. He's given two. <laughs> so 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 when the squad so when the squad numbers come out and there isn't a number nine or a ten or a one or an eight, we've got to start to panic. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go fixture list. I, I quite like the fixture list coming out and just planning stuff and weekends away and what I need to sort of get past get past the bosses internally here within the CO seven and things like that. So yeah, that fixture list for me. But the um, just um, sort of going back to it, with the squad numbers, even even before you look at sort of who's going to be there. Like number one, Thomas Holy is on the chopping block apparently. Two, McGuinness is gone. Three, Ward is gone. Four, Chambers is gone. Five, Wilson is gone. Obviously, Wolfenden six, Edwards in talk seven, eight, Scoose gone, nine, Jackson going, ten, Norwood gone. So that one to 11 oh, is going to be. Gone, is he? Well, he's, he's apparently on the chopping block as oh, well, sorry. according to TWTD. Yeah. But, um, there. No. So, yeah, so sort of on, on that one to 11, there is, there's going to be some 
big signings. There, there needs to be some big signings made before the squad numbers are announced, or it's going to look a bit stupid at having leaving <laughs> eight everyone, numbers spare between one starts, to eleven. <laughs> one starts thirteen and up. Yeah, <laughs> they all start forty-four. Um, gentlemen, thank you, and and everyone, thank you for your questions as well. Um, apologies if I didn't read your, yours out as either because I didn't see it and I skipped through. So apologies if I did that, um, but because we covered it elsewhere, and we're now clocking in at one minute, one hour twelve as well. And, We've got Sunday evenings to get up to as well. Um, let's do some quick plugs. Um, Jason will be pleased to hear that I shoved um, chatting about chicken right to the end. But we do still have um, our friends at Favourite Chicken and their offer for Blue Monday subscribers. 20% off. Visit the chicken-ipswich.co.uk website. Enter the code BM20 at checkout for 20% off any orders over £10, I think it is. And I think summer's coming. Chicken's great. There you go. There's a plug. There's an advert. There's a sponsorship. But I will keep it disciplined and I'll keep it brief. Um, I will also trail along the bottom. And for those of you watching on the video, our, our plugs for our Twitters and our YouTubes and our Instagram. Do give us a follow. Do give us a like. Do give us a subscribe. Um, Joe, where can we find you on the Twitter? Um, just at Joe Fairs. And your and your academy stuff. Is... Yeah, I haven't done too much on every bit. Oh, at ITFC okay. underscore academy. But yeah, just that reminder that I mentioned earlier about the under twenty freeze game against Sheffield United Monday night at seven pm. And we'll Hopefully see if being we can... covered by Sheffield United. We'll see what we can do to retweet from the BM account on that as as well. But um, Joe and presumably Craig will be doing that as well. Where can we where can we find you, Craig? Uh, I am at Fims seventy five. Fims seventy five, and on Instagram as well. We'll tag them in when we post on that tomorrow. So do give us a find there. You can find me at Ipswich, and that I think is your lot, everyone. Um, thank you for uh, for joining me, guys, tonight. Plenty to discuss, and we've done it in in an hour and fifteen. So it's probably longer than a normal pod. And as we say, we will be back to talk about more things. We will maybe be adjusting our sevens or tens out of. 10 as things happen um so keep a look at our um our, in, our social media and we'll let you know when we're back on um again uh, if this is the last pod for a few weeks thank you again for the support over the season particularly those of you who have donated on acast and youtube and we will be back i'm sure with men plenty more to discuss um who wants the final word does anyone want the final word or should i just disciplined outro should i just do that disciplined outro i'm doing it watch me press the button i'm pressing it now thanks for watching or listening to the blue monday podcast and thanks to those of you who have kindly supported the channel via acast or youtube donations you can follow us at the usual places on social media and don't forget to subscribe so that you get our new shows first it's the promotion running. Everyone is gathered round to watch. The McNuggets share boxes are there offering much needed distraction. Your mate's already been booked for double dipping, but in you swoop to steal the last nuggets and claim all three points. Oh, and there is the Harry Clark fist pump to celebrate. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. You in at participating restaurants. The number one selling product of its kind with over 20 years of research and innovation. Botox Cosmetic, Autobotulinum Toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. 
Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulty swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.